0: So injuries are going to happen, right? Well, who could we see from Iowa to fill various spots on the wild roster? We'll discuss today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the course of the week. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, Wyatt Garen joins us as we discuss some names from the Iowa Wild that we may see depending on the severity of injuries that the Minnesota wild face this season. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota wild insider. If this is your first time tuning into lockdown wild, we welcome you on board. Make sure you subscribe. So you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. If you are one of the everydayers who tunes in each and every day of the week, glad to have you back. And speaking of glad to have back why garen joins us once again here today uh and we're going to talk about some of those maybe not quite household names but players on the Iowa Wild roster that we may see if everything goes wrong on the NHL roster because injuries are going to happen it's just that's just a fact of life and so you're really only as good as the players that you have at your disposal to call up and fill in various spots and while they're not doing too bad in that regard. So Wyatt, welcome in. How are things going?
1: Good. How how have you been? How's the summer been? It's been uh it's been a fast. while since we've talked. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Fast summer. It's uh, it's already game? uh non existent. Oh um, so yeah, just <laughs> uh just just grinding away in the lab and uh, getting us through boot camp. So it's okay. Uh, yeah. I haven't uh, haven't had really many birdies on the golf course, but uh, plenty of birdies in the podcast studio. So, yeah, there you you <laughs> uh, like that. Uh, and so you uh, you had posed this topic and I, I think it's a good one because there are going to be some names that are going to need to help this roster at various points throughout the year. And so let's just go through, we'll talk about some names, kind of where they potentially could fit in the lineup. And uh, we'll uh, we'll start on the offensive end. So you throw me a name and we'll just kind of let things rattle around as to where we could see them this year.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, uh, your two biggest, well, three biggest uh, probably bubble guys in that forward group right now are probably uh, – Adam Beckman, Sammy Walker, and Marco Rossi. I think as of right now, you know, there's probably one job between the three of them that they're all going to be fighting for, unless Bill Guerin sees a bigger role for Rossi this year, which it, it could be the plan, but we they just haven't seen that at the NHL level from them yet. So I think those three guys are going to be fighting for an everyday role in the bottom six, and one of them will probably be in the press box.
0: Yeah, I I think that's I think that's pretty spot on. And I think at this point the one that everybody kinda wants to see is, is Rossi get that spot um sure. poten- potentially on the third line. But I tell you the one that really intrigues me, and this is even above uh Sammy Walker, because we know you plug Sammy Walker in with Matt Boldy and Jewel Erickson Eck. And some good things are going to happen there. So we'll talk about him in a little bit. But the one that I think is most intriguing is Adam Beckman, because we haven't seen him a ton. But what we've seen at the NHL level, especially in playing like a fourth line role as he has is a guy who just, he likes to shoot the puck and that plays regardless of what else you're, you're doing out there on the ice. And he did a lot of good in his, uh, his spot fill-ins so far. Uh, Players that shoot the puck, shoot first, ask questions later. That kind of stuff translates at the NHL level. So regardless of if he makes the team or if he is kind of that first call up, I'm real intrigued to see what uh, Adam Backman has in store this year.
1: You know, I think so too. I think you're going to see, I don't want to say 20 plus games, but I think I think his ceiling is about 20 games on the NHL roster this year, barring some terrible injury luck. But I do think he'll be getting in the mix for sure. Um, You know, he's a guy that's probably more suited to be on a third line scoring role, maybe even a second line role where they're playing more offense. Um, but he, I just don't see that opportunity happening for him this year, unless he breaks out in a major way.
0: Yeah, because at this point, and this is perfect because this is our big theme this week, is just looking at the third line as we work our way up the lineup. You got two spots in the third line that are pretty set, pretty solid, pretty ready to go in Freddie Goudreau and Marcus Felino. and so you have those two guys. And depending on how things play out with that other spot, I mean, you've got Goudreau who can be a center. He's perfectly fine in that capacity, but then if Rosie makes, if, if he ends up making the team, you're going to have him as the center there. And for so sure. then you slide Goudreau over to a wing. And so I, um, I think if you look at those to two me, components,
1: to me, that's um, the spot that's up for grabs is that third line role. Cause I think yeah. the fourth line this year is going to be the Dewey's and Maroon. I think yep. they're going to want to keep that together. They're going to want to get Maroon 65 plus games played this year. So I think really the one spot up for grabs is that open slot on the third line.
0: And what is the component that, that, third line is missing right now is a little bit of a scoring touch and so
1: they can take it any direction they want to go with it really if they want a more of a third line grinding checking role they can do that I think Beckman and Walker are both good fits for a third line scoring role so it's all about what Dean wants and I mean just knowing how his style is Mm -hmm. I think he likes to keep it a tight checking line versus if he had to pick between a scoring and a checking third line, he's going checking.
0: I I agree. Now I'm going to hit you with this for how scenarios play out. So let's say, let's say you have an injury to Ryan Hartman, I think, and we're not talking, we're not talking like one game. I'm talking about
1: multiple games.
0: You're going to miss a week or two. Yeah. To where you would need to make a move. Week to, to a month. Week to a month. Yeah, that
1: type of injury.
0: That sort of time frame to where you would need to make a move to bring somebody up. I think in these instances, and this is not, I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. This is not what I want necessarily, but just trying to read the tea leaves as to what's going to happen I think if there's any sort of an injury to Ryan Hartman, I think Freddie Goudreau gets moved up to that top line center, and you bring somebody up to play in a third line type role.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there because they lose they, they lose anyone in the top six. They can't be going for more truculence. They need they need to do. <laughs> they need to bring guys in for scoring was the gm that said that they traded was that the maple leaves gm back in the day we need to trade for truculence
0: truculence okay is that the
1: joke like that's the maple was it the maple leaves i don't know they traded for they signed some guy for truculence that's what it was described as
0: that's my new favorite word of all time like
1: I need to find this now.
0: Far none. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll try to get some context linked because that's the first time yeah. I've ever heard that phrase used, but I'm also <laughs> now obsessed by it. So The
1: only time I've ever heard it used is in hockey.
0: Unbelievable. So that's, that's I think, what I see happening. It was with... Brian
1: Burke when he was uh, the GM. Okay.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know
1: who he was saying it about just off a quick Google search. but
0: Boy, that's... That's a it's a visual like it's a visual descriptor, uh, to say the least. So, I think if Hartman goes down, you move somebody up. If Zuccarello sustains an injury of any sort, um, then you maybe look at bumping Johansson up there and you bring Walker up to play on the second line, right? um, Something along those lines. And if Carill sustains an injury you if pray Curl or
1: boldy go, da- go down it's you're yeah. you're treading water basically
0: you pray and you pray some you're more you're
1: hoping to go 500 in that yeah. time
0: so then on the second line if johansson gets injured then walker i think is is your your call up there for sure um, to add a similar component it's all about adding similar components to what the players in those spots uh currently do so I think I think we'll see Walker. I mean, there, there's him. a
1: there's a couple other guys too that you might see come up. Like I know uh, Nick Paton is still around, and mm-hmm. they like him in spot starts. They signed uh, Vinny Latari, who has a little bit of NHL experience. I think he'll be down in Iowa most of the year, but he'll definitely get a game or two in. And then you even got a guy like. Uh, or two guys like uh, Nick Sweeney and Damian Giroux, who had NHL debuts last year. That you know that, that it's a good spot, I think, for the forward depth for the Wild right now.
0: Yeah, it's they, they've got plenty of names that uh, that could fill in if needed, to where you're not, you know,
1: you're not panicking. In correct, yeah,
0: and you've got guys that can replicate similar skill sets depending on where in the lineup you sustain an injury. So exactly. From that standpoint, I think things are pretty set. I would think that Beckman, Walker are probably your your first lines of of assistance. Again, depending on who ends up getting that third line spot. Right. Whether it's Rosie or not or any of those guys. Um, I mean the
1: hope is that it's Rosie this year. That's yeah that's the goal.
0: A hundred percent. Now on defense, it's a little more interesting because you have depth. Well, we, have there. A situ-
1: we have a situation right now on defense in Kalen yeah. Addison, where well, is he still? He they tendered him RFA or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, but he, he hasn't, hasn't signed it. Correct. Right. So he's technically unsigned right now. Um, But the only way he would not play for the wild next year is if he signed a offer sheet with another team, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's the
1: whole, there's that whole situation. Then there's the whole question of, well, if he signs, is he going to finally be a productive member of the full-time defense?
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's dive into that a little bit after the break, because there are a couple of different ways that that could go down. And so we'll talk defense and kind of what that looks like, depending on injuries and so on. uh, As we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win during the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can also bet with your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. If you are feeling a big season from Justin Jefferson, you can hammer the over on receiving yards. Kirk Cousins stats as well. There are plenty of different ways you can go at FanDuel Sportsbook. And if you want to put a little bit on the Minnesota Vikings to win the Super Bowl, why not? It's going to happen some year. So might as well just be one of the people that gets it right for uh, for the first time ever. So uh, head to FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning burn bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Again, fanduel.com slash locked on. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Seth Topol joined by Wyatt Guerin. Let's dive in a little bit to the defense because as you alluded to, Kalen Addison has not accepted the uh, the tender yet. And so uh, technically is not signed. I would imagine that gets done at some point, but then that leaves an interesting question because you've still got John Merrill. You've still got Alex Goligoski, And if you put Kalen Addison into that mix, you've got six chairs with seven players. So
1: are you okay. counting Brock Faber there? Yes. Okay. Cause I was, that was the question I was going to ask is, is that six chairs? And seven guys, counting Brock Faber or not, because I think you have to count him in.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, you, you go. I think your pairings stay relatively similar. Uh, Spurgeon, Middleton, lock it in. You can you can chisel that one into a a, a brick because I don't think that one's going really like to
1: change. I now see Brodin and Faber as a pair this year.
0: The, that's that's the interesting thing is because it seems like that is what we're going to get um but then you're dealing with some of those third line issues again to where if you want to help Kalen Addison along a little bit more do you put him up with Jonas Brodeen so that he can cover a little more ground or do you just play your top two pairings do you play them like 28 minutes a night
1: it's a tough question because you just you'd love to see Addison finally take that last step forward because every year it's just seemed like he's been this close to being mm-hmm. really really good like you see it on the power play when he's running it you see it when he's in the offensive zone if he could just play semi-moderate defense this guy would be so good and we haven't seen that yet pairing him with Brodie might hide those deficiencies but I think he's this is a guy that's got to earn his way onto that pairing in my opinion
0: And I think the I think that top four then has potential to be real good because
1: if that's how it plays out, it'll be a real good top four and a a shaky bottom six.
0: Yeah, because who then? Who then is the other? Who do you put on that other spot on that pairing? I mean, John Merrill has had adventures, to say the least.
1: Yeah, that's putting it lightly. Sometimes. Um, and it just,
0: it seems like if you. I love go, Alex
1: Golagoski, but it's, it's well, just he, time, man. It's just time.
0: He seems like to, he gets to a certain number of games and that's, that's it. Like you just, you hit the wall and then you just kind of free well, fall is, off. What is this, he now?
1: 38, 39? Like,
0: yeah, 38
1: like, is, yeah. you just can't, he can't do an 82 game season again. It,
0: no, which is why I think he needs to be the injury fill-in.
1: I think so too. And th- but then you get this, get into that whole what happened last year when he was pissed because he wasn't getting playing time, and you know I don't know if that affected the locker room or not. Like it's,
0: yeah, it's um, it's not great, and
1: because you feel for the guy, like I get it, still wants to play, play all this and that, but he's sometimes he's just actively hurting the team.
0: Yeah, and clearly just does not have um enough in the tank to make it through an entire season. So no, not at all. I think it's pretty set that he's like the if you're gonna lose uh if you're gonna lose Spurgeon for a game or two, you bump him up in the lineup and that's that's about all you can do because I'm right that pairing ironically enough the pairing of Dumba and Goligoski last year when Brodeen was injured. Yeah. Statistically, they did okay. So it's not like he can't handle in spurts a little higher spot in the lineup. It's just when you throw him in for like 20 games in a row. Right. Just not uh, well, not that was, same guy. He was
1: never a Nick Lidstrom to begin with. He was always, even at his prime, he was like an offensive guy. So
0: Right and uh,
1: i i just the, don't i can't see them doing another full season of galagowski getting more than 30 games
0: yeah no i i don't think so now in terms of players down at the iowa level who could hop up on defense this is where it gets a little more interesting cuz there would have to be a couple of injuries that take place in order to For see sure. some of these guys but the other thing I, is
1: too is it's more than likely going to be new faces Guys that yeah. are going to debut. Um, I'm not sure. Is Mermis still signed? I'm unsure of that or not. I
0: believe so. Well,
1: if he is, he would probably be one of the first guys up in a spot start situation. Yeah. A long-term injury, we could be looking at a couple of guys, Damon Hunt and Ryan O'Rourke, who these were early early mid-round picks a couple of years ago um no nhl experience yet but a lot of scouts have raved about both of these guys as potential nhl pairings in the future
0: yeah and you've got some other guys that are getting closer not quite ready yet carson lambos i was Kyle that Mathis. was the other name
1: going to manch- uh, mention was uh, Lambos. I'm not sure if he has another year to go back to Major Junior. I don't know what, how old he is off the top of my head, but I know he's signed, so if that's the case and he doesn't make the full-time NHL team and he has year eligibility, he will be back in Juniors.
0: So there are some options. Uh, depending right. on what you need. But I think the defense is a little more set than uh, than the offense is in terms of players on the roster that yeah. are not playing that will if somebody gets hurt. Now
1: We've had a log jam of defensemen for a little bit. So, yeah. you know, the loss of Matt Dumbo, that's going to bump everyone up one spot, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, the goalie situation is interesting. So we'll finish by discussing that because – fewer names, and one in particular that I think is knocking on the door. So we'll discuss Jesper Valstead as we finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, tune in tomorrow as we start diving into third-line players. We'll do a preview for steady Freddie Goudreau to uh, start things off this week. So you can tune in for that coming up tomorrow here on locked on wild expectations stats. What do we need from Freddie Goudreau all coming up on tomorrow's episode? Uh, Finishing our chat with Wyatt Guerin here today. Wyatt, let's talk goalies because you've got Philip Gustafson locked in Mark Andre Fleury in the final year of his deal, likely, Final year of his career, potentially. So who do we see if somebody gets hurt?
1: Well, you know, the easy answer is false, that, Um This guy, is, he, it took him a sec to get warmed up to the North American game. But, man, he was he was unbeatable after about 10 games in the AHL. He just looked like the best goalie not in the NHL at the moment. So you'd think it was it'd be him, but at, the more and more I thought about this, Bill Guerin has been very adamant about not rushing Volstead, about letting him basically overbake in the AHL. They want to make sure they don't do anything to screw with his development. Um and you know, we've seen that lately, I think there's been a push to try to get NH or try to get goalies into the NHL at a younger and younger level. And it just doesn't seem to be a position that that works a lot of the time. Um, Carter Hart came in very young and, you know, he's had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, More recently, Spencer Knight came in very young and he's had ups and downs. So in my opinion, I think we will see the debut of Allstead this year, but I would I would not count on it by debut i mean he's going to sit on the bench one or two games i i don't i would be shocked if he actually got in a game because they've been adamant about overbaking him so yeah that's where i think they're at with him but i mean it also wouldn't shock me if he played i guess so
0: yeah it depends it depends on what happens because again you can kind of get by With one goalie, depending on the for a game or two, um, because of how far games are spread out now, you've usually got a day or two days in between games. The Wild don't have a ton of back to backs, um, at least early on. They have a couple, but they don't have a ton of them until later on in the season. And so if you have an injury to where Gustafson's going to miss a week or Flurry's going to miss a week, those are two guys that are capable.
1: Of, of playing a week in a row.
0: Yeah, of playing that that starter's workload where then you can just bring somebody up to be the backup,
1: you know emergency situation backup.
0: Yeah, Zane McIntyre somewhere in that. The Wild have the Wild had a couple of instances last year in which they had to do that. Philip Gustafson yep. got sick uh for a couple yeah. of games and so and had to have Zane kind of that emergency. Yep. Yeah. So
1: they, they've that, always been very good about having that kind of journeyman up and down guy. And that's been mm-hmm. Zane McIntyre the past few years, which is good. I think teams are smart to do that because you, you really never know when you need a guy with even a little NHL experience, not crapping his pants in there. When yeah. And,
0: and somebody who is ready to hop in at a moment's notice. Right. And is not going to be rattled by, Being a young player and, hey, you're the backup. Oh, actually, wait. Now you're going to get the start tonight. Right. So.
1: And I guess the only other interesting name we have in the organization right now is Hunter Jones, who was drafted, if I'm not mistaken, he was like a second round pick a few years ago. Mm -hmm. He was pretty high. um, And I know last year he got majority of his starts at the ECHL level um but he wasn't terrible so you know it's another case of well now will the tandem be him and Wallset or Valset in Iowa this year or and then what happens to Zane McIntyre so that's that's kind of a, the wild card in this is him because they they the wild obviously saw something in in him if they took him in the second round yeah especially for a goaltender because that that just usually doesn't happen
0: yeah and so you've got you know as we've laid out you have plenty of names who could see some time at the uh at the NHL level depending on the severity of injury type of injury spot in the lineup uh and so we're going to as these next couple of seasons go along We're going to see some of that uh, highly rated prospect pool start to flex its muscles a little bit. Um, And that is, that can only be a good thing for where this team wants to go and kind of what they're dealing with over the next two years. So you hope you don't need those guys, but it's always nice to have them uh, in the event that you inevitably do. Because again, let's be honest, injuries happen.
1: emergency break glass.
0: Exactly. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you have not already, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so that we can get to 2,000 subscribers before the start of the season. Make sure to leave a five star review on either Apple or Spotify. We appreciate that as well. And uh, we'll continue to guide you through the rest of the off season here with Locked on Wild Boot Camp. You can find new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.